This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia on October 16, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. That same night, he, that is Jacob, Abraham's grandson, got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. And so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder, have you ever struggled, really struggled, with making a difficult decision? I know there are many people here that have and are, whether it be a, a difficult decision to sell up and to go to Adelaide, perhaps, a difficult decision about changing their jobs. These decisions and others may cause us not to rest at night. We don't get any sleep while we're wrestling with such decisions. Perhaps it's something that challenged your values or conscience or something that your family and friends might not agree with that you're struggling with and you're afraid. Afraid of making the wrong decision, you think. Perhaps you struggle in deciding whether to speak up against injustice or to remain silent because of likely consequences from those in authority or from those who through public opinion and the public square threaten to cause harm or cancel those who speak up against them. You may begin to doubt yourself. Fear may creep in for tomorrow as you wrestle with what you should do. You may even experience, even experience a crisis of faith. Andrew wouldn't get out of bed on Monday morning. And Julie said to him, you've got to get up and go to school. You've got to get up and go to school. Oh, but the kids don't like me. They make fun of me. And the teachers never listen. I'm not going to school. It's too hard. And so she replied, Andrew, you're the principal. You've got to go to school. 
Sometimes we struggle in adulthood with things that trouble children too. And so we should also be very compassionate to young people who struggle without the resources to face opposition. And here I'm talking about decisions far weightier than a husband deciding what to get his wife for his, their 39th wedding anniversary. But I'm sure our pastor Neville managed that challenge nicely in the spirit of the season of love which he's shared with us recently. Yes, he and Sue celebrated their 39th wedding anniversary quietly last week. Now I'm talking about those really big decisions, although a husband can make quite a tragic mistake in such decisions. Uh, I'm talking about those really big decisions that affect our lives and perhaps the lives of others around us, like making a stand for your faith when forced to make a choice between keeping your well-paid appointment as CEO of the Essendon Football Club or remaining the voluntary chairman of your church. I wonder what you would have done in such a circumstance. Sometimes, at other times, it feels like we're wrestling with ourselves in our fears and in our anxiety, in our addictions, Perhaps our addictions to phones and screens to put them down, turn them off, stop swiping left or right, whatever it is. Put them away, get to bed on time. Rest up and face tomorrow with energy to get up to go to school or to work or to church on Sunday morning. When we're wrestling with such things as fear and anxiety and addictions, it's good to have a friend or a professional to confide in, to help us in our struggle. And they may well be able to relieve us from being too focused on the issue by giving a wider perspective and helping us to find our own path. They may have no useful or helpful information or solution. They're not rescuers. Rescuing people doesn't help them in the long term. It makes them dependent but they may simply encourage us to endure. Others may offer to pray for us or share the truth that God is gracious, loving and forgiving, and he is indeed. They may encourage us to heed Paul's encouragement to Timothy to find answers in Scripture and the counsel of God. And then, as we've heard in the psalm, Psalm 121 then acts like a good friend encouraging us also to look beyond the horizon to God from whence our help comes. But God doesn't always just rescue us. He desires for us to grow in perseverance in the struggle. But what if it is with God that we're actually wrestling with? How can we possibly win? As we read the account of Jacob wrestling with God at the Jabbok, we may get some understanding of why God either wrestles with us or desires for us to wrestle for things like success in our ministry or in seeking justice in the courts. He indeed wants us to succeed. His desire is to bless us. For Jacob that night, who was returning home, well, a home that he'd left after stealing the birthright of his brother Esau with the help of an enabling mother to do so. The trickster 
had spent many years in the wilderness, so to speak, and he had made good, although he was also tricked by those that he worked with. For instance, his father-in-law, he thought he was working six, seven years for a particular wife, and it turned out to be his sister on the wedding day, he had to work another seven years to get his beloved. Now he's returning to his brother Esau, from whom he stole the firstborn birthright by deception. And that night he couldn't claim the sleep of the innocent. He was fearful for what would happen the next day, and he'd sent his, all his servants and his wife and children, 11 children at that stage, 11 sons, ahead of him, and he remained on the other side of the brook, Jabbok. But it wasn't his guilt and fears that he ended up wrestling with that night, but a stranger who proved to be God. Why would God put Jacob through that ordeal? For one thing, God was changing Jacob's heart and his confidence in the future. The outcome of the night of wrestling was that Jacob called for a blessing, not for an easy victory over his brother Esau. He wanted a blessing. And remarkably, God graciously blessed Jacob when he could have easily broken out of Jacob's grip. God blessed Jacob and gave him a new name. Your name shall no no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And that nation later to be known Israel came from Jacob, the descendants of his 12 sons, a great nation first promised to his grandfather Abraham. And that nation continued to struggle. Struggled after a few generations after his son Joseph had invited them to Egypt, a place of safety. And soon they were struggling under the weight of the Egyptians. And even when God provided a rescuer in the person of Moses, they struggled with God in the wilderness. And a whole generation failed to enter the promised land because of their complaining. We struggle. Jacob's story and Israel's story is our story. But despite of all our struggles and complaining, God continues to bless out of his love and undeserved mercy, and we receive the same mercy and love. We've been shown mercy despite our wrongs, and God has given us a new name and purpose with a future bright, but one that's not void of struggle as we bear Christ's name in this world. And yes, it's becoming more and more difficult to bear that name without attack from the social square, from the public square. But there is a purpose in struggling and suffering. As Paul wrote in Romans 5, verse 4, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Jacob left that night of wrestling with a limp, but he'd also received a new name and hope for the future to face his brother because God had blessed him. And there was a way forward, knowing God's blessing. God's grace in making us his own helps us endure injustices that may happen to us such as losing our job or our reputation and even our lives. 
God strengthens us to seek justice and to persist like the widow who repeatedly petitioned the unrighteous judge. And here in Australia, the courts are busy. They're expensive and combative places. Justice isn't always blind to wealth and position as it should be. It it shows favoritism unfairly. And throughout our short history, our laws have frequently failed to protect innocent victims from being further harmed and traumatized by the system itself. Successive governments have repeatedly failed to provide justice, equity, and protection for our First Nations people. That's despite the genuine good intentions and huge financial investment and efforts have been made. And yet we don't give up hope. We keep on fighting for justice for ourselves and for them. Jesus encourages us to pray and to seek justice with our persistence in prayer. And those who persevere will eventually get a hearing even from an imperfect system. How much more will God, perfect in justice, answer our prayers than the corrupt systems of this world parading themselves as just and good? And though God is on our side, nowhere does he promise a life free of struggle. In fact, he encourages us to grow through struggle, to struggle for a better world, for justice and equity, for our neighbours' needs, for the oppressed, for the prisoner, and especially for those who are walking in darkness, not yet knowing the good news and and peace with God that we enjoy. And as we struggle internally and externally with the old Adam, God continually calls us to the new life, to the new life of the name that he's given us, of Christ Jesus. We struggle as a church to maintain unity over the woman's ordination debate as we rapidly decline. And God calls us to proclaim the freedom of the gospel to put aside all that hinders us from fulfilling our calling. And it's not easy. And we will find enemies even in our own midst. Or opposition. Our brothers and sisters. Martin Luther, in his time, wrestled with faith and conscience to do the right thing in the face of dire consequences. At the Diet of Worms in 1521, he could not recant his writings as the papacy demanded. To have done so would have required Luther to deny the sound teachings of Scripture to satisfy the wrongs of the church that had developed in his time. His choice was either to recant and repent of the works to be welcomed back into the church or to refuse and be branded a heretic and face execution. Well, Luther requested an adjournment to formulate a response, so he had the night to come up with an answer. I'm sure he wrestled all night over this dilemma, calling on God for help, I'm sure. But the next day, displaying courage and conviction, he delivered quite a lengthy speech. And when told to answer simply whether he would retract his statement or stand by them, he concluded with the most famous passage. Since your most serene majesty and your highnesses require me of me a simple, clear, and direct answer, I will give you one, and it is this. I cannot submit my faith either to the Pope or to the Council, because it is clear that they have fallen into error and even into inconsistency with themselves. 
If then I am not convinced by proof from Holy Scripture or by congruent reason, I am, if I am not satisfied with the very text I have cited, and if my judgment is not in this way brought into subjection to God's word, I neither can nor will retract anything. For, if, for it cannot be either safe or honest for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. Well, he gave an account for his reasons that he looks to the hills for God's help. God help me. Amen. He places himself in the care of God, ever gracious and merciful, true to his promises, a mighty fortress, a trusty friend and saviour. Luther remaining true to conscience and to the truth of Scripture has inspired many. But most of all, his pointing to God as being our help and strength in times of struggle. People young and old sometimes share with me the struggles they have to believe, they have to come to worship, the struggles they have to forgive somebody, the struggle to, at times to accept that God allows suffering in the world and dealing with the shame of injustices carried out in the name of the church. We all struggle with those things. My encouragement to them is not to give up struggling, but to seek God and a blessing from him. How sad it is so many people wander away from our community and from God. Either they feel close to God in their absence because they make up a different God who excuses them for everything, who no longer requires them to come and gather with his community to praise him, or they hold the hurt of four or five or 10 or 15 years ago, blaming somebody else. No, God calls us to struggle even when we're offended to struggle to do the right thing, to seek unity and justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with him, to be open to being changed within ourselves even if the situation doesn't change and the injustices remain. God calls us to struggle in seeking good things for others, to seek justice and love mercy, to walk humbly with him. That is if we're not wrestling with him or with ourselves. And praise God that his greatest gift is given freely to us. We don't have to struggle for forgiveness. We only struggle with ourselves. May God bless you and grow you through the struggles that you face. And, the God, and God's gift of peace, which is beyond all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is with you in every struggle. Amen. Amen.